from the Anajar and Levine Studios in downtown West Palm Beach. You are listening to Ken LaVica Live on ESPN 1063. We are presented by the FAU MBA Sport Management Program. Visit fau.edu slash MBA sport. And just to follow up on what we were discussing before we got back in here, when you're watching Formula One this weekend, the Miami Grand Prix from Hard Rock Stadium, don't let them fool you. It is not in Miami. Okay? It's in Miami Gardens. Okay? And you know what was weird as hell was a couple of weeks ago I had to get off at exit 2X. My wife and I were going to Hialeah for a wrestling, a pro wrestling show, because that's what we do when we don't have the kids. Uh, we can uh, we can just go to pro wrestling shows in Hialeah. Okay. CCW, what's up? Uh, but But... We got off at 2X, which is to get to Hard Rock Stadium off the turnpike, uh-huh. and they had already set up the, the track, and what's weird is as you're turning on to Dan Marino Boulevard, anybody who goes to Dolphins or Canes games a lot, you know what I'm talking about when you get off at 2X and then you, you get at that three-way turn with the stadium to your right, Dan Marino Boulevard is going uh, east-west, and uh, you are heading uh, north-south. You make that right-hand turn. There, they already had the track, and the track is going to end up crossing that street. And so you look to your right, and you see pavement with walls, a racetrack coming at you. And then you look to your right, and you see walls, racetrack coming at you. It's just that they hadn't filled in the space where you're actually still driving on the road yet. But Uh now that that's closed now, so they have put up the barriers, and that is now part of the track. But it's weird. It's like, wait, is a race car going to come flying at me at some point here as I'm (laughs) trying to make a right-hand turn? It's weird. It is a really weird setup. You know what else is weird? Is they took their ideas and their designs, I think, from your senior prom. Because they have this ocean setting, this marina setting, (laughs) in the infield of this Formula One course, Uh and it's basically just a tarp that they painted to look like cheap water, and they placed yachts and boats on it. I swear to God, that was the theme of my a senior night to prom. Remember. Yeah, it was a night to remember <laughs> at my senior prom. And that's what they have done on the infield to try and decorate the most lucrative racing league in the world coming to town. You know what? Here's what I can say, though, for South Florida's infrastructure, at least my opinion. It seems fairly easy, while the traffic may be bottlenecked, yes, it seems fairly easy to get in and out of the arenas here. Because I've been to other one, arenas, yeah. it feels like it's so well, hard to get in and out of some Hard of Rock sometimes. Stadium's easy because you not only have the turnpike, but then you have the turnpike extension you can get off right. of as well. Is it great? Uh, sometimes, no. But largely, is it well put together? Yes, absolutely. Um, uh, FLA it, Live is like that, FLA I think. Live is awesome because it's right off the Sawgrass. It's right? easy access. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Sawgrass is going to always be infinitely easier to, to travel on as you get further, further west of the border yeah. of the Everglades. The It's a tie between uh, FTX Arena and Marlins Park. FTX Arena, what the problem with it being right on the water means it's not close to 95. It's mm. certainly not close to the turnpike. You have to navigate a lot of side streets once you, you get do. off of 95, and that's where the congestion happens because downtown, very congestion-filled. Right. Um, and then uh, uh, whatever the name but of the Marlins like Park is now. But at least there's plenty of parking. I feel, it, yeah. you know what I mean? It, mean, well, it might be house. like $50, but at yeah. least it's still plenty of parking. There is. I, I just know there are some stadiums where you have to park in the parking garage, yeah. and that creates yeah. its own well, 
that's what makes Brightline so brilliant is that mm-hmm. that eliminates that, and it's just a block and a half walk. I mean, that has completely changed how I go to Heat games. I used to dread it because you know once you get once you get into Broward on 95, you're like, where am I going to get caught up? Man. Once you get into Dade, you're like, I know I'm getting caught up here. And then once you get off of 95, you're like, how long is it going to take me to get to some place to park? I you know? know. And so Brightline... Uh, is awesome because that eliminates all of that. But then uh, Marlins Park, I don't know what they call it now. What If you could look that up, Cyrus, real quick, because I totally forget what the, the sponsor is on that. The Dolphin is the single worst stretch of road in the United States of mm. America. It is never void of bumper-to-bumper traffic. Uh-huh. It's impossible to get on and get off. It's also airport traffic on there. And... Congratulations to Inter Miami, but you're about to build your stadium along the Dolphin as well. Uh. So you didn't learn anything from the gridlock that happened. <laughs> Marlins Park could not be the former site of the Orange Bowl could not be a more difficult place to access in 2022 in Miami. Yet Inter Miami wanted to do the exact same thing. Marlins Park. The Marlins are a frustrating team to follow because of ownership and their history and all that. I get it, but the pe- reason people don't go to Marlins games. I think is because they have completely alienated Lone Depot Park. They have alienated everybody north of Fort Lauderdale because mm. nobody wants to drive from north of Fort Lauderdale to um, to Little Havana. They don't want to Listen. do it because it sucks. Listen, let me tell you, the older I get, the more I thank God for Palm Beach County because my in-laws live in Broward. So when we're driving down, it's the same thing for us. It's like, oh, where are we going to get stuck? Are we going to yeah. get stuck uh, at the Sunrise Exit? Are we going to where are we going to mm-hmm. get stuck? And then. On the way back, once we cross Palmetto Park, I'm like, hallelujah. It's like the the angels yeah. start singing because yeah. it's like we're back in Palm Beach County. The traffic is mostly normal. <laughs> you see the the rays of sunshine coming I from know, the heavens. It's, it's so exciting. Yes. Because I'm old now. Because now, you know, before when I first moved here, it was like, oh, Miami's only, you know, an hour away. Yeah, kick it, girl. Yeah. Child, please. Mm-mm. Well, I used Mm-mm. to make that drive every day, West Palm to to, um, to Hialeah when oh, I lived in Hialeah. Yeah, I know. I was an idiot. Michael Williams does that. Too. He's not an idiot. But Michael Williams drives to Miami every night. Well, that man's a, a a big, highly paid TV anchor, so <laughs> he can afford. He probably has a helicopter. That's uh, I know he might. We do have a helipad, you know. Yeah. Well, I I that's sick. How come you aren't transported anywhere in a helicopter for WPTV News Channel Five, WFLX Fox Twenty Nine, the sports coverage? Why isn't Keely Ferguson being escorted in a helicopter to some of the biggest sporting events in South Florida? Well, for the most part, particularly if I'm going home, it's because I live three minutes away from the station. Oh, okay. Well, I'm saying, like, you shouldn't, shouldn't, other they, stuff? shouldn't they be sending you to F1 this weekend in a helicopter? You know what? Um, You're Keely damned Ferguson. That's right. Yeah. Damn it. Yeah. I'm oh, mad. by the way, I'm uh, I'm representing Stone today since he's not here. I wore the flip-flops today. Oh, there you go. Because I knew Stone wasn't well, going to be here. In, in Stone well, Lebanowitz, Friday Night Lights. So Keely's got the flip-flops like Stone always wears. And thigh season is covered by Cyrus yes. Baby boy Cyrus, who's running things in Stone's <laughs> absence, who has the thighs. They are out there glorious. Like, this is a good thing. I feel good. By the way, Cyrus sent me a text. Stone got a hold of Cyrus and said, oh, I'll be ready to be on to report from the Formula One race around 130 or 145. You tell Stone, Cyrus, that man is not dictating what time he comes on this show. We will Sounds dictate. like he did. Yeah, we will be dictating what time Stone Lebanowitz is coming on the show that has my name on it, okay? Uh, oh, and oh, Keely, oh. because she's the show mom, she usurps me, and then she has the final say on this, okay? That's all I'm saying about Yeah. That. Yeah. That's right.
I feel uh, like that scene in, in Blazing Saddles where <laughs> they're talking and the drunk guy keeps getting them. That's right. Yeah. That's, what I that's feel right. Like. That's right. Oh, my goodness. Um, I, I do want to cover real quickly here what Charles Barkley said last night about Joel Embiid and about the 76ers and about the series and the way things have transpired without Embiid. Last night inside the NBA, Charles Barkley was talking about the Heat, and it um, it became. Uh, let's start with let's start with Joel Embiid first, because then he had a comment about Bam Adebayo that made me think that he doesn't he hasn't watched a single Heat game all year. But here is Charles Barkley inside the NBA TNT last night on Joel Embiid missing the first two games of the series. The one thing that really sucks is the one weakness they have is size. You know, Bam Adebayo is a terrific player, but he's only like six, seven, somewhere like that. That is not true. And he, he got no chance against Joel. What? And that's the one thing that just really sucked. We, we, we can't even get an example of how good the Heat are, even though we know they got a good team, because we can't exploit their one weakness. And, and that's the thing that sucks about this series. Their one weakness, Bam Adebayo versus Joel Embiid, would be their one weakness? And, and, and actually, that was the cut that made me think that Charles Barkley hasn't watched a single minute of Heat basketball <laughs> this year. First of all, Bam Adebayo is not sick, not like six seven. He's six nine with a seven say, two wingspan. Nine? Right, <laughs> six nine six ten. Six nine with a seven two wingspan. Uh. Okay, would Joel Embiid be able to go at Bam better than what the Sixers have been able to do? Sure. And it would help because Bam would have to focus on him instead of Bam being able to roam. And he's been able to guard the perimeter. He's been able to float in the paint in this series. They have had no answer for Bam and how good he is defensively. Um, But Joel Embiid faced the Heat three times this year. Okay? Joel Embiid back on December 15th of last year. Current season, but last year. Bam held him to uh, 5 of 13. 5 of 13, 17 points. 1 of 5 from 3. Okay? Is that, is that a weakness? Is that dominating Bam? No, no, it, it, it's not. Now, I'll give Joel Embiid credit. He helped the Sixers beat the Heat 109-98 January 15th, 12 of 22, 32 points. Really efficient in that game. Mm-hmm. Guess who didn't play in that game? Mm-hmm. Bam Adebayo. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then March 15th, this was the vaunted Embiid Harden trip to South Florida where James Harden inevitably didn't play load management Heat 99, 76ers 82, Bam did play. Joel Embiid, 4 of 15, 0 of 6 from 3, was a minus 12 on the stat sheet against Bam, who is a plus 6. Does that sound like a weakness? There is actual blueprint body of work that Bam Adebayo has done on Joel Embiid, which would not suggest to you, oh, that's the Heat weakness, Bam against Embiid. What is Charles Barkley talking about? I'm I'm not even upset with him. I'm upset with his producers. Yeah, you're right. That's not on him. That's not him. That's on who is feeding him information or putting notes together. Like, I have, Stone does it every day, and, and, and Cyrus Wittig did a great job of it again today. I have notes here about the Heat Sixers, Suns Mavs, mm-hmm. hockey. Cyrus went above know, and beyond and put like, a hockey what is on this hockey stuff. I mean, there's not a chance we talk about it, but I no. respect the hell out of Cyrus for putting that together. Like he a even, lot of hockey. Yeah, and then he he gave us like seven bullet points on the the Champions League semifinal, that wild comeback for Real Madrid yesterday, and it's great and it's factual, it's in depth. 
Charles Barkley saying Bam Adebayo 6-7 and then Bam against Embiid would be a weakness. That's the one weakness the Heat have. What are you saying? You're right. That is that is on a producer. Yes, for sure. Because it's like y'all didn't talk about this. Yeah, now, I can and I can understand kind of missing a stat, even though there is a big difference between six seven and six nine when you're talking about guarding Joel Embiid. Sure, but that's but, that, that's a big deal. I can understand the mi- missing that, but to, yeah. But, but to it's your not a point. Weakness. It's not a weakness. It's it. He's probably Bam and Giannis are best equipped to match up with Joel Embiid in the Eastern Conference. Mm-hmm. And so you, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. But it's like Max Kellerman said because when Jay Will was in here on Tuesday, he was using our studio when mm. Stone was getting on him for being a Heat hater. I, I was reading that in the emails. I was like, wait. <laughs> like he was in there. Wait, what happened? Well, you remember you remember the the Jay Will quote about Trey yes. Young. Yeah, I and remember so that. we mm-hmm. we buried it last week, and then we brought it back because uh, Stone decided to give Jay Will crap about it, and so we. Had I, Jay hey, Will listen, on. I appreciate Stone for having the Stone. The Stone's awesome, and so uh, Jay Will, we confronted him. He came on the show, and we confronted him about it. Um, but but it, it was it, you know. I totally lost my train of thought there. What was I even saying before uh, Jay Will came on? I can't even remember what I was saying. Here's the thing. You're asking I feel like me. Josh. I lose my train of thought all the time. I know. Anyway, <laughs> but we were talking about the producers and, and mm. how national mm. entities don't Thank always you. get the proper so, preparation. Max yes. Kellerman, because Jay Will was also complaining on his national show, um, uh, Keyshawn, Jay Will, and Max, 6 to 10 a.m. every day here on ESPN 106.3, mm-hmm. he was complaining about how Stone was treating him. It was hilarious. It was great. He's like, they think I'm a hater down here. They're crapping all over me. And Max Kellerman was like, he's like, uh, Jay Will's like, they say we don't talk enough heat. Max Kellerman's like, oh, well, they don't have characters because there's a team. And so the 76ers, the Nets, there's the characters. Listen, I get that. I get that. I understand that from a national perspective. We do national stuff on this show, but we ain't a national show. Like right. We will tell you about the Heat characters, right. right? But that is where when it comes time and the Heat are in the spotlight and the, the, the Heat have gone into that national spectrum good enough for Max Kellerman, you got to have the basic info right. The basic <laughs> stuff needs to be right. True. Like the, 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 the guy who should have been Defensive Player of the Year, his correct height, his wingspan, and how he's fared previously against Joel Embiid. And Charles Barkley proceeded to get all of those wrong. Like, no, check, 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 all wrong. I, I agree. But, again, to me, something like that is on the producer for sure. And I think and I think that's where, you know, hopefully I'm here to help fans out a little bit and understand that they're just not going to know everything. They're just not. It's Because it's, it's just too no, much. No, it's impossible. It's impossible to know everything. It's, and to Max Kellerman's point, you got to make it palatable for everybody and it's hard for people to know Bam Adebayo. Ex- it's hard. Except for me, off the top of my head, I know Oilers 6, Kings nothing last night with the win. Edmonton snapped a seven-game losing streak in the playoffs. Yes, off the top of your head and, off the, top and, of my and the bottom of the paper. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I mean, that right, baby boy Cyrus picked up. Right place. off the top of my head. By the way, Kareem Benzema, Real Madrid, 10 goals. In the Champions League knockout stage this season, that is tied with Cristiano Ronaldo, 2017, most in a single season. You know that right off the top of my head. You do. So, Charles Barkley, where are you Get at? it together. Yeah, get it together. Be a pro, would you? I know you want to retire, but you still got time left on that contract, okay? Keely Ferguson, WPTV News Channel 5, WFLX Fox 29. I'm Ken Levick. I'm live on ESPN 106.3. <laughs>
from the Anajar and Levine Studios in downtown West Palm Beach. You are listening to Ken LaVica Live on ESPN 1063. We are, as always, presented by the FAU MBA Sport Management Program. Visit fau.edu slash MBA Sport. We are out of the regular season. It is wound down, but you don't have to take the summer off. Stop by the Arise Center for Athletic Development in Jupiter Saturday, 4 to 7 p.m., their summer kickoff event. You can take a tour of the facility, meet the team, learn about Arise's youth, high school, and college summer training programs. You'll even be able to compete for fun prizes, check out their new batting cage, and enjoy some tasty food from Blue Water Taco Company. Arise, known for customizing training programs for athletes of all ages, youth to collegiate, every program catered to individual athletes and can be administered by experienced staff at the facility or online. Registration for all summer training programs will be on-site, level up with Arise this summer. Keely Ferguson, WPTV News Channel 5, WFLX Fox 29. I'm Ken Lavica. Ken Lavica Live, Cyrus Wittig hanging with us. I need you to listen to something, Keely. Um, uh, Cyrus, if we could, if we could get Roger Goodell, please. Roger Goodell, oh, no. who was, who was just different during the NFL <laughs> draft. Um, but, but the one thing that I cannot let go of, so much so that it has now lived on this show for uh, six days now, Roger Goodell introducing Ice Cube at the beginning <laughs> of the draft. It is so cringy and so awkward. Um, and I want you, I don't know if you know exactly what I'm talking about, but I want you to listen to this and give me your initial thoughts. Here is Roger Goodell, first round of the NFL draft. This is from the NFL Network. Roger Goodell, Goodell, commissioner of the NFL, introducing Ice Cube at the draft. And I see someone special right down here. Ice Cube. Cube, come on up here, baby. Come on. Come on. Ice Cube. Come on, baby. Not one, but two babies to Ice Cube. Ice Cube. Him and Roger Goodell could not be two more different human beings from different backgrounds Different reasons for accomplishment with two different levels of cool. Roger Goodell being zero, Ice Cube being off the charts. Roger Goodell calling Ice Cube baby, not once but twice, on national television in front of thousands in Las Vegas. Your initial thoughts on that, Keely? I have none, to be honest with you. And here's why. Because I heard it. I didn't see it. And because it did, because I was thinking, okay, what, what is, where is the other shoe about to drop? Because the way you set it up, I was like, oh man, this this is gonna be good. And I was like, wait, that's what it was. Wait, that's underwhelming. Yes, wait, you don't think there's anything bizarre about Roger Goodell, sweater vest Roger, okay, who gets who who stereotyping sat King. in his leather chair two years ago during the pandemic draft and announced draft picks. Bringing off one, arguably one of the, the the baddest men, the baddest rappers in the history of the genre, up on stage and calling them baby. Name Not me, once name but me twice. five Ice Cube songs. Exactly. Most people don't know that many Ice Cube songs. People know that he did some okay. songs with NWA. Got we it. know today was a good day. I can't think of that. And uh, what we be clubbing. Ice Cube ain't made a lot of songs oh, since so, like so that makes it that makes it normal that Roger Dell is calling him baby. That's not what I'm saying. My my what I'm saying is I'm not saying Ice Cube's not cool. I love Ice Cube, but my point is 
once Ice Cube start making Are We There Yet and Are We There Yet too, <laughs> I think Roger Goodell and his sweater vest can call him baby. Oh, uh, that's funny. They they about in the state. They about equal. That's all oh I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. Oh my that's, god. And that's no diss against Ice Cube, but you done come a long way from the Jerry Curl. And the Oakland Raiders hat. I like how she just stepped over Friday, next Friday, and she went right they went to. Ni- first off, that was in 1995 mm-hmm. when Friday came out. That means next something. Friday came out in like 97. Okay. Again, We Be Clubbing came out when I was a freshman in college in 1997. Are We There Yet is more his newer stuff. Like he started making family movies. And so, rightfully so. He transitioned. Do you think. Good on him. Do you think 1995. Uh, Ice Cube pulls a Will Smith on Roger Goodell if he calls him baby in 1995? I don't think that. uh, No, because Ice Cube knows how to play the long game. If you've ever seen Straight Outta Compton, you know he knows how to play the long game. So he would have did that. What what would happen if we – let's hear it one more time. Let's hear it one more time. Roger Goodell calling Ice Cube baby. Even like he really like popped in. Baby. Here's, here's Roger Goodell. <laughs> I see special right down here. Ice Cube. Cube, come on up here, baby. Come on. Come on. Everybody, Ice Cube. Come on, baby. If, if we start to the show, and I'm like, WPTV News Channel 5, WFLX, Fox 29, Keely Ferguson. What's up, baby? How do you think that would go? How do you think it's just weird when you What's up, baby? Say, it's weird when you say it. Cyrus, what's up, baby? See, but if you call baby boy, look, listen, I call Cyrus baby boy Cyrus the very first but time. But you call him baby, baby boy and baby are two very different things. But the point is, I called him that and didn't even know him. That's how he got baby boy Cyrus, because he was here and you weren't. And I was like, who is this baby? You know what I That's think? That's how that happened. <laughs> and here's, now he's baby boy Cyrus. Here's what I think. I think Roger Goodell. You just don't like Roger Goodell. Well, I think he tries too hard. I think he's I, a. I might can give you that. He's a big, rich dork, okay, and he thinks that it gives him a modicum of cred to be able to call Ice Cube like they're boys. There's no way Roger Goodell and Ice Cube are boys. Call him baby. Like he's in his circle, right? It's the same reason Roger Goodell wants to do all the daps with the players that get drafted, right? It's the I, same please, they reason. Be dap, they dap him up. But they, he wants to be part of them, even though he's going to actively work against them and try and keep money from them once they actually sign a contract and get into a labor negotiation. His job, okay. But, but Roger Goodell, like he's the type of guy, and I've seen it a lot because I've worked in media, and so you get a lot of uncool guys who are around a lot of cool athletes. So you mean white guys around per- black guys? Yes. Go ahead, say what you say. Listen, <laughs> right, cut right, it out, right, cut right. it out. Go See, on and say what you're trying to say. This is why I'm glad Keely's on the show because she yeah, absolutely. Absolutely, it was able to pull the curtain back on that. Yes, <laughs> unathletic, dorky white guys covering really cool athletic black guys. Okay, and those white guys think that they have the opportunity to develop a personal relationship with the athletic, cool black guys. Then want absolutely nothing to do with them, and so they will do embarrassing things in a locker room, like walk up and say, "What's up, bro? What's up, man? How are things going?" And you can tell at the locker, and this is an NFL locker room that they don't want anything to do with it. Roger Goodell has the same exact mindset but i've been guilty of it too i've been guilty of it too but that's why i've been there so i can pick it out but uh, here's the thing black guys black people in general aren't the arbiters of cool like this isn't get out 
(laughs) Which is what they said in the movie. But neither is Roger Goodell. Well, but I don't... uh, You think Ice Cube's like, oh, Rog, uh, why don't we uh, go to the Bellagio bar and hang out? Okay, but here's the thing. I would argue, I don't know Demora Smith, but I would argue that Demora Smith and Roger Goodell are the same person. In the sense Mm -hmm. that they are both... At an elite level when it comes to their money, when it comes to their position, and when it comes to where they rank in the NFL. If Demora Smith said that, you would not be saying that. So you're basically saying a white dude can't say baby to a black dude because he's trying to be cool. Maybe that's he's what it is. It. He's forcing it. But it didn't It didn't sound forced to me. That's all I'm saying. Maybe what? he did. Maybe what? he didn't. You don't it think didn't. Baby. It, didn't, it didn't sound forced. When you say it, it sounds forced. Listen. Was Roger... Let that man try to be cool for two seconds. He's 63. You know, because I, I get the sense that all these dudes he's dapping up, they're going out in Vegas, they're on the strip after the draft, and, it, you know, sometimes you have that that weird, awkward person that sort of clings onto a group. You don't know why they're there. This usually happens when you're at a party, and all of a sudden they're like, wait, what is this person doing there? And they just follow you everywhere. I, I, I could see that with Goodell. Like, they're I, walking down the street, like Kayvon Thibodeau looks back, and, and he's around his boys. And he's like, why, why is Roger Goodell walking with us? Roger's like, hey, what club are we going to, Kayvon? Where are we going? Kayvon, where are we going? Where are we going? I'll buy you a drink. I'll buy you a drink, okay? Let's go. Like, Roger Goodell is that guy. Here's the problem with this narrative, though. It, it's, like, it's like black guys can't be a full, the full spectrum of people. Mm-hmm. Like, they can't be nerdy, too, because there are yeah. plenty of nerdy black guys. Sure. It's like black guys are the arbiters mm-hmm. of cool, and maybe they're not. They might. You don't know. No, Ice I just Cube. think Kayvon Thibodeau's probably cooler than Roger Goodell. That's just me. Well, he's in his 20s. Most 20-year-olds, white, black, or purple, are probably cooler than a 63-year-old person. No, you're period. right. It's cool for a 63-year-old to be How dapping up Ice all Cube? these 20 How old do you think Ice Cube is? He's probably in his late 50s. He's not in his late 50s. He's in the early 50s. Early 50s? So, but my point is, they both passed 50, mm-hmm. is my point. Ain't none of them cool anymore. Ice Cube will always have a level of cool, of course, because he's Ice Cube. But like, like Ice-T, if Ice-T did the same thing, Ice-T went from singing the song about- To playing a cop. To playing a cop. I know. And that's know. all he plays are, are cops. I know. So could he say it to Ice-T? They're like the same age. Or is it because- Roger Goodell is by you considered a dorky white guy. I mean, goodness, he hangs out with Jay Z. Roger Goodell calling <laughs> Roger Goodell calling rappers baby. A rapper. A Ice rapper. Cube. Okay, but you brought and they in. Might have gone you brought to up Ice T. Oh no, let's let's open up to the full spectrum. All right. Of rappers. Okay. okay? Roger Goodell calling rappers baby. Is that forcing it, or is that appropriate? 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. Roger Goodell calling rappers baby. Is that forcing cool or is that appropriate? 888-760-3776. Here's Jay Williams. Jay Williams' response to this on Tuesday. We played it for him, too. Like, I'm trying to get a consensus here, and I played it because you hadn't heard it yet. Okay. Here's Jay Williams, uh, ESPN's Jay Williams, uh, when we played it for him on Tuesday. Did he, did he, like, confuse Ice Ice Baby? Like, for Ice Cube? There we go. I, I, uh, I'll just tell you, as a, as a grown-ass man, I never want anybody calling me baby. The only person that's calling me baby uh-huh. is my damn wife, uh-huh. okay? Yet uh-huh. alone Roger Goodell on, on a national team. Right. A- yep. I mean, I, I'm, I'm more aligned with Jay will to really? be honest. And this is a man who Snoop trashes Dog the heat. Snoop Dogg calls people baby. But he's Snoop Dogg. 
Right. So again, he's not Roger Goodell. That's my point. You're saying you're saying that black people are the arbiters of cool. Not necessarily a terrible story. No, I'm saying. But the point is that means you don't get to be the other side. I'm saying they're more likely to be the arbiters of cool. I'm not saying they are the arbiters of cool. But that, but that, but the the problem with that is now you can't be the other side of it. You can't be the antithesis of it because now you're looked at negatively because because you're black. You're supposed to be cool. Supposed to be a cool guy. Listen, my son wants to let uh, wants to button the top collar of his shirts mm-hmm. all the time, and there's a part of me is like, eh, I don't know how I feel about that. But the other part of me like, look, baby, do you? If you that's how you want to wear your shirt, if that's how you want to wear your socks, fine. Who am I to judge? They're not my clothes. <laughs> They're your clothes. So my point for saying that is, let this sixty-some-year-old white man who's a millionaire, multi-millionaire, call this. 50-something-year-old black man who's also a millionaire, baby. Ugh, it's so awkward. And get over it. Uh, Red Smasher on uh, Twitter says, this might be me, but Ken sounds jealous he can't say baby to people, especially this full-on rant about Roger D for the past 20 minutes on an event that happened a week ago. It hasn't been 20 minutes, first of all. I call plenty of people baby, like my wife, like my daughters, sometimes even my dog. Okay. (laughs) Sometimes even my dog. So I can call people baby. What I'm saying is some people can pull it off and some people can't. And I, in the public, have the wherewithal to understand that I can't get away with calling someone baby. And if you can't appreciate that Ice Cube is infinitely cooler than Roger Goodell and it's a weird (laughs) dichotomy, then I don't know what to tell you, Red Smasher. Okay, so who could? What? What very wealthy white guy could call a rapper baby? A black rapper. Because could he call Jack Harlow baby? Probably. It, can't. Probably. No, <laughs> could, could Roger Goodell call? Yeah. Or Jack Harlow call? Oh, oh, uh, no. That's stupid. No. Okay. Roger Goodell in no sense is cool enough to call anyone baby. That's what I'm talking about. Okay, you can't call anybody baby. Yeah, anybody. Okay. It just really stands out when it's Ice Cube. But anybody, Roger Goodell should not be calling them baby. Not leather chair in his basement draft guy, Roger Goodell, who gets paid by 32 very rich white guys, okay? She's Keely Ferguson, (laughs) WPTV News Channel 5, WFLX Fox 29. I'm Ken Levick. I'm live on ESPN 106.3. From the Anajar and Levine Studios in downtown West Palm Beach, you are listening to Ken LaVica Live on ESPN 106.3. Well, thank God the great Stone Labanowitz has made himself available for us. Down at Formula One, we're presented by... The FAU MBA Sport Management Program. Visit fau.edu slash MBA sport. Real quick, let me tell you about Brightline. I've already discussed it because we started this show uh, talking about Sixers fans. They have nothing now that, uh, especially with Embiid gone, the Heat are just are just working them. And so what do Sixers fans do whose team is just getting throttled? Well, they're just going to attack the fans, the, the late-arriving fans at FTX Arena. But you want to show up on time? And I don't know if there's going to be a Game 5 at FTX Arena. Things might be trending towards Heat and 4, but... Since the the mantra is Heat and Five, when you go to Game Five, Heat Sixers, the closeout game at FTX Arena, take Brightline. You'll be there on time. 
stations in West Palm, in Fort Lauderdale, and of course in Miami. Brightline, best and most stress-free way to get around the biggest events in South Florida, including the big Miami Marlins 25th anniversary celebration at Lone Depot Park on May 14th. The Marlins are going to be honoring the historic 97 World Series champion squad, and there's no better way to get to the game than hopping on the Brightline. Simply take the Brightline from West Palm or Fort Lauderdale down to Miami. You get free transportation. It's going to drop you off right at the ballpark for this 25th anniversary celebration. Again, May 14th at Lone Depot Park. And you can stay from first pitch to the final out thanks to Brightline's home runner that departs after every Marlins game so you don't have to miss a minute of the action. It's perfect. Also, celebrate the big race this weekend with Brightline. Skip traffic, skip parking. Arrive just a walk away from all of the Miami Speed Week action at Bayfront Park or at a free shared or private ride with Brightline Plus to get to and from Miami Central Station to Racing Fan Fest in Wynwood, FTX off the track in South Beach, and more top events. Get all the information you need. GoBrightline.com or the Brightline app. That's Brightline, the stress-free way to get through South Florida. Speaking of race week, Formula One, Miami Grand Prix, Hard Rock Stadium, Stone Lebanowitz, Friday Night Lights. Uh, who is who is working the event? In what capacity are you working the event, Stone? I believe I was titled with being Michael Jordan's water boy at oh, first sick, glance. Actually. But right now, no, it's hospitality, right? I'm bouncing around some of the clubs, some of the club levels and all the the, the high-end guests, you know, they think I can jib-jab my way, scam my way into a new job. So mm-hmm. I'm just here for hospitality purposes right now. Have you seen any drivers yet? Have you met any Formula One drivers yet? I actually did. Now, I didn't approach him, but Charles Lestray, who I think drives for Ferrari, he's actually the favorite. That's Charles so I was Le- over there looking at him, hanging That's out by Charles Leclerc. Right what did you call him? Charles Leclerc. Oh, okay. I thought you said LaFlair or LaSlay. Okay, fine. Charles LaFlair. Yes, he's the... F- he is uh, the Ferrari driver. I believe he's actually the points leader right now in Formula One. You know, he, he is, and I was hanging over by the Ferrari tent just to try to get a glimpse, but no, I haven't introduced myself to none of these guys yet. Hopefully I can uh, finagle my way into doing it. Yeah, that. Uh, see if you can uh, get Lewis Hamilton on the show tomorrow. <laughs> I, I will tell him, I'll say, hey, hey, my, my host and, and, and our show, Ken Levick Live, up in West Palm, which he probably has no idea where that is, Yeah, but I'll tell him to hop on. I'll try to snag his number. He'll be like, what you talking about, mate? I have no idea. That was a bad Lewis <laughs> Hamilton impression. Uh, what, Keely? What? <laughs> Continue. Uh-huh. Uh, just, uh, Stone, you've got to tell me about this this fake marina that they have on the infield. Um, it, it I think it looks like a prom decoration. Uh, why couldn't they put real water there? Why did they use basically the equivalent of wallpaper that has blue painted on it, and and then they put boats on top of it? That's very. You've got to let someone down at Hard Rock Stadium know that's very cheap for a Formula One event. Okay, I will tell them. Let's dig out this this asphalt and let's put some real water in here yeah. because I'm sure throughout the Dolphins games, you know, we can give tickets away, right. come dive in the pool and stuff. That'll be no oh, big wow. deal. But dude, it, it it is pretty cool. I think they have over like 15 to 20 yachts now, the biggest one being like 60 foot, I believe. It's a pretty cool scene. I think it's just an eye, an eye, an eye sight, an eye treat for everybody to come and enjoy and see all the boats. I and tell I'm you sure what, they're doing advertising for the boats there. Miami Gardens and Opelika go hand in hand with yacht life. 
Um, uh, so uh, Stone Labanowitz uh, is at the Miami Grand Prix. Uh, Keely wants to know what the scene is like. She's a big F1 fan, big Formula One fan. Big, she, big fan, yeah. huge. She'll be tuned in huge. on Sunday. Uh, what, is, what is the no, scene? No, I won't this Mother's Day. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. Uh, it, it, no, 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 no offense, Formula but, One. I mean, maybe that's how you want to spend Mother's this Day. This is true. I can go have my brunch yeah. and then kickback and yeah, do formula one. absolutely charles leclerc and keely ferguson oh i like it what um uh what's the scene like is there a buzz stone labanowitz is it uh, is it sending your heart racing right now there is a ridiculous amount of people here and we haven't even started the practice round which goes tomorrow but there are racers driving around and they do have an open gallery for guests that have tickets purchased already so they're letting a few people in but I will tell you, I've already seen at least 15,000 people. Everyone's still racing around trying to get things finished and set up right now. I think everybody's super excited, and I know it'll be here for years to come. But, yeah, this is our first rip at it, so it's super cool. And there are a ton of people out here. How much time do you have here? Can you, can you join us till 2 o'clock? Because I want to do something. I want to do a, a weekend review with Keeley. Do you have time? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. All right. So Stone Labanowitz from uh, Miami Gardens, uh, Formula One, Miami Grand Prix. He's working. He has apparently uh, another job that he prioritizes over uh, <laughs> being a producer and co-host of Ken Levick Alive. Uh, Keely Ferguson, WPTV News Channel 5, WFLX Fox 29. This is a new segment that I just made up called Week in Review. We're going to ask Keely all of the pertinent topics that oh, we've covered uh, this week, and we just want to get her uh, her insight on these. By the way, Keely thought there was nothing wrong with Roger Goodell calling Ice Cube Baby twice. I did. Uh, Stone. Nope. Wow. Did you tell her what Jay Will said? Yeah, we played what, what Jay Will said. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, I, 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 but I do respect that coming from Keely. And if, and if she thought that Goodell did it smooth enough, then she got Keely stamped, and I might have to turn over and get the stamp too. Thank you, Stone. Well, you're so weak, man. He's not um, weak. And by the way, I just looked up Charles. Le- what's his name? Charles Leclerc. He's a little cute. I know. He's, he's a cutie. He's a little cutie. He's from patootie. Monaco. Born, I know. Born and raised in Monaco. He's a little cutie patootie. Um, uh, by I the way, watch. top five songs of Ice Cube according to Spotify. Good job by uh, Baby Boy Cyrus. Baby. <laughs> Baby, uh, <laughs> it was a good day. You know how we do it. Check yourself the remix, No Vaseline, and Why We Thugs. Those are the top five. Okay? So there's your answer, Keely. Um, all right. So uh, we started the week, Keely, with your biggest takeaway from the NFL draft. What was your biggest takeaway from the NFL draft? You know, I, I tell you what, this is going to sound uh, probably strange, but one of my biggest takeaways when I saw Kyrie get drafted mm-hmm. was, oh, my God, it's been three years already. Yeah. Where He's did a grown the time ass man go? Now. He's like a whole yeah. man yeah. and a whole grown up. So my takeaway had nothing to do with the actual teams. It was just like my mind was blown. Because weren't we just watching him play at Benjamin? It's crazy. My it, mind it, was blown. That th- was my biggest take. And, and I was just talking to a friend about that the other day. I said he is like grown up. Stone, that's a good one. That's a really good one that Kyrie isn't a baby anymore. Like He's an actual dude. <laughs> Not a baby. Yeah, that's a good one. Baby. Keely, I, I, I want to ask, did you catch the footage of the interview when he sat down with Buffalo and Sean McDermott and he gave him his notes and he talked about every single play he's run. He's got notes on his mistakes and everything like that. I feel like it's a new age of young guys who aren't afraid to tell these, these older guys and these GMs and coaches what they're about and stuff. I thought that was pretty cool to see Elam do that. I think that's cool, too. I, I, I do wonder about them putting so much pressure on themselves, though, 
because we haven't yeah. even really begun our journey. And now we're looking back at all the things, all our missteps, mm-hmm. which is important because you can't grow without looking at those things. But yeah, we got we still have so, you have so many more mistakes to make right. just in general right. in life, period. But definitely once you get into the NFL, uh, Ryan Tannehill saying that it, it's not his job to be a mentor to Malik Willis. Uh, I think that's bad for his long term career because he's eventually going to be signed to a team strictly to be a mentor. Right. How did you feel about that, Keely? Well, it's not his job right now. He said, my job is. <laughs> Is to quarterback and win games. That's what those are my job. Stone kind of feels like that's not going to be Ryan Tannehill's job, like the starting quarterback in like two years' time. Yeah, the clock starts now for Tannehill. Right now Mm -hmm. he's in the crosshairs of guys like Malik Willis and other guys on that team and in that locker room because, Keely, you said that's not his job, but that's a dead lie. That is his job. That's what he's there to do. He is the veteran, right? He's bounced around team to team. His job is to mentor guys it's not my and job tell them right what now. it's like and what to do in the locker room. That is his job. He, nope. I mentioned to Ken yesterday. Nope. Malik has no idea to get around the facility as it stands right now, right? He has no idea where he can watch film, Figure it when out. he can watch film, this is when he killer. go to the cafeteria. Figure it out. This is kill or be killed. That's, uh, like, that's like giving the, the new <laughs> wife pointers if you're the ex-wife. Nope, you figure it out. Um, uh, also, too, uh, would you rather sit by Chewbacca or Jabba the Hutt on a plane? Ooh, Chewbacca. <laughs> Chewbacca? Okay. He's nice. Jabba the Hutt is slobbery and look. And uh, also, is it cool on May 4th to tell people, may the 4th be with you? Yes. I think 100%. Oh, you guys are the worst, man. Hey, listen, I tried to get my son to dress up like with baby Yoda ears on for his school. They were supposed to dress up. He said, nope. <laughs> That's because he, he gets I, I it. I was Yoda. When I was like eight years old, I was Yoda for Halloween. I, I remember. I like Star Wars as much as the next person. It doesn't mean I need C-3PO stuffed in my face all the time. Okay? <laughs> Just that day. Just May 4th. Saver, I feel you. I feel you. No, baby Yoda. Don't let mom put those ears on you, okay? <laughs> uh, Stone, thank you. Enjoy the cars. We'll talk to you tomorrow, okay? I appreciate you, sir. Stone Lebanowitz, Formula One, Miami Grand Prix, just sort of hanging around, not really sure what he's getting paid to do. Keely Ferguson, <laughs> WPTV News 105, WFLX Fox 29. Thank you, ma'am. It was a pleasure as always. Thank you to Cyrus Wittig. I'm Ken Levick. I've been live on ESPN 1063.